This podcast was brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. I love this idea, John. Actually, since you brought this up, we'll transition now into your fantastic work at Jimmy John's. And t- take us through the dissecting of the brand, Jimmy John's, and that, that exact exercise you just described of, you know, Jimmy John stands for blank, and we, we are trying to attract this type of consumer, and we know who that is. Take us through that logic. Yeah, so the, the Jimmy John's brand is is it's got a great story to it. You know, when we when we first started, it was Jimmy, the founder, in one store mm-hmm. in uh, Charleston, <laughs> Illinois, mm-hmm. and he started with his first location that was in a poor location, it was a C location, and had no foot traffic. And mm. so he opens up his first store, and nobody comes in. So he quickly realized he needed to go out and sample the product on the local college campus. He did that, and then he realized there was still no foot traffic coming by his store because it was such a bad location. So he started to deliver uh, and then started to build up this reputation um, as the freaky fast delivery guy. Right? <laughs> he was running all over campus delivering uh-huh. product and using his personality and Interesting. You know, connecting with people and the community and you know providing sandwiches. Mm-hmm. Um, and really the, the core of the concept came from that. You know, d- For us, delivery was never a strategy. It was a necessary means for survival. Interesting. So mm-hmm. back in 1983, when we started, that was the case. Um, and we've, the, the, when you boil down the concept of Jimmy John's, it's it's really um, cold sandwiches fast. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we don't heat sandwiches. We don't have soups. We don't have salads. Interesting. You know, it's cold sandwiches fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with that, we have the freshest ingredients. We have you know put a lot into the quality of the food. We bake our bread every four hours. If it's over four hours old, we start selling it as day-old bread. Interesting. We hand-slice all natural meats. We have uh, fresh locally sourced vegetables. So our proposition is quite different than most of our other competitors in the space. Mm -hmm. And the fact that we've delivered since the beginning and our entire business model is based on delivery. Um, We're really kind of ahead of our time. Mm. And the story of Jimmy John's, it's just it's grown considerably where we had one store in 1983, mm-hmm. we had a hundred stores in 2000, and now we have 2,800 stores in 43 states. Wow. And we're opening around, you know, a hundred stores a year. Wow. Uh, so it's, uh, you know, on this, you know, really fast growth trajectory. And the key now is how do you mm. maintain that, continue to grow without, without losing that ethos of the brand, uh, which is kind of what got us to this, uh, you know, the third party, proclamation that we made. Now, John, I want to transition definitely into this notion of the delivery services. These things are all over the place. So talk us through the logic of, of your interpretation of that aspect of the business and kind of your your approach to a kind of, you know, uh, dealing with that component. Yeah. So coming into the business a little over a year ago uh, and in being a student of the restaurant business, there's no doubt that the biggest change in the restaurant business over the past, call it five years, has been the introduction of these third-party deliveries mm-hmm. and the, the kind of the greater prominence of the role that delivery plays in restaurant. Um, so there's no doubt that consumers are increasingly moving there. Their thir- uh, online delivery of food is growing at a clip of about 20% per year, oh, and that's wow. going to keep, keep growing at that at that point, you know, mm-hmm. people are looking for convenience uh, more than ever, and the grub hubs and the door dashes of the world yes. that, have, that have come in mm-hmm. certainly done a good job um, capturing consumer attention and, and driving that, um, that convenience factor. 
and it's something that we've been looking at, uh, you know, and coming in and looking at, again, going back to what are consumers doing in this space, and that's kind of the biggest thing that jumps out in the industry that's doing that, and you're seeing, seems like every <laughs> restaurant is making an announcement, yes. we're going there too, Taco Bell's with Grubhub, oh. um, you know, the uh, Dunkin' Donuts is doing it, Starbucks is doing it, every, McDonald's with Uber Eats, everybody's making announcements that they're mm-hmm. going to these mm-hmm. third parties. So, so it was one of the things that early on we took a look at and said, how does this fit within our model? Interesting. You know, delivery okay. is such a big part of our business. Right. Um, the delivery business is evolving. And, you know, when only 10 years ago, the only thing you could get delivered was pizza and Chinese and Jimmy John's. <laughs> and now you can literally get just about anything. Yeah. Delivered. Like even this, there's this GoPuff, apparently this, uh, delivering yeah. convenience store. I'm really like, you know, here's a, yeah. a, a cup of, uh, ice cream from the convenience store. I mean, it's crazy, right? Right, John? Yeah, absolutely. And we're in a delivery economy mm-hmm. so that, that convenience is driving it and uh, every, you know, from Amazon to food mm. delivery, mm-hmm. um, and Amazon doing food delivery and everything. So, you know, we, we took a look at it. Mm-hmm. We partnered with Boston Consulting Group oh. uh, and did, you know, various different research with our franchisees, mm-hmm. looking at what's going on in the industry. And it really came down to a couple things. There's there's the consumer experience, and then there's the uh, the restaurant economics. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the consumer experience, uh, consumers care about three things. Okay, they care about the speed of the delivery, they care about the cost, and they care about the quality. Mm-hmm. And when we looked across all of those things, again, because we've done delivery since the beginning, since 1983, uh, out of necessity, and have fine-tuned this and made it part of our DNA. Mm-hmm. Um, so we win on all three of those things, right? Speed, mm-hmm. we found that 92% of consumers want their food delivered uh, in that 15-minute to 30-minute time frame. Mm-hmm. Uh, none of the third parties can do that. The average of the big four uh, uh, delivery companies is around 50 minutes. Oh, wow. Our average time is 18 minutes. Interesting. There's, there's a huge gap, and most of the third-party delivery, uh, the majority of them are over an hour for delivery. No so kidding. Right there, it's like, wow. There's there's something that's a little bit off there. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Name, the big, name the big four for us again, John. Yeah, so you have uh, Grubhub, Uber Eats, DoorDash, and Postmates. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Those, those are the biggest four by market share. Mm-hmm. Um, there's certainly many more who are popping up. Um, on the cost side... It's a significant markup for the consumer on the average order. You're talking an additional $8 on, a, on an order. Wow. And that either comes through the delivery charge that the third party will charge you, or sometimes the restaurants will, will charge more for the food that's available on an Uber Eats or a Grubhub. Gotcha. So, wow. you know, you're talking they're adding $8 for us. Each franchisee may have different delivery costs, but our average is, is right around $2. Gotcha. So it's pretty significant difference. And then the quality of the food um, is, a, is a big one. It, it kind of gets into the, the quality and accuracy combination. Mm-hmm. And the eye-opening thing uh, that we found when we started talking to different consumers as well, but the, the research plays out, is that the average rating for restaurant reviews that are mentioning third-party delivery, Interesting. Is one, it's one and a half out of five stars. Right, so the consumer experience is pretty poor. Oh, interesting. And you've got 35% of third-party customers who experience an issue, 
which is three times the restaurant industry average. Interesting, interesting. Um, and of those, 76% are blaming the restaurant, at least partially. Interesting. So the consumer isn't necessarily understanding what's happening mm-hmm. here. They, they love the, the idea of convenience and going to one uh, website to, to get the options. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, the experience they're getting on the other end is, is pretty poor. Mm-hmm. So for us, looking at it, of we went on speed, we went on cost, we went on quality. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a no-brainer for us to um, you know want to control that whole customer experience. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we take your order on a five-star app, or on our website, mm-hmm. or on phone. Mm-hmm. We make your food and we deliver it to you. And controlling all aspects of that value chain is pretty important. Um, because when you also look at it from the restaurant economic standpoint, um, they're very challenged. And I think it's interesting what's happening out there right now, because as your Taco Bells and McDonald's and others are uh, coming out and now starting to deliver, which is giving them a a great top line um, Mm -hmm. uh, sales boost, Mm -hmm. helping a lot of their stocks. Um, But underlying it, the franchisee economics, Mm -hmm. um, you're seeing a lot uh, starting to bubble up. Because, uh, you know, from a franchisee perspective, that order is not as profitable because you have to pay another 20 to 30 percent on top of it as a fee to the third party Mm -hmm. um, for getting that order. And the the margins in the restaurant industry are just not that big. So, you know, those are largely unprofitable orders, which they then have to pay, you know, your 20 to 30 percent to the third party. And then you pay the royalties to the franchisor on top of it. Interesting. A lot of bubbling up of Mm -hmm. franchisees saying, hey, wait a minute, like, why is this all on my back? Mm -hmm. I think for us, um, also being kind of, you know, the DNA of the company Mm -hmm. of, uh, you know, being very tight with our franchisees like that, that's not a good economic model. Um, And, you know, if you're looking at it for the long term, burdening a franchisee with a 20 to 30 percent you know, hit on mm-hmm. a fee for a third party and mandating that is is pretty tough for them to take. Very, very cool stuff. John Shea, thank you so much for coming on the program and giving us a glimpse into the long view and how to make sure you always take the strategic long-term view and not just the short-term view. I appreciate you. It was a pleasure to have you on the show, sir. Thank you so much. Excellent. Listeners, if you want to learn more about John, please go to jimmyjohns.com, one word, or follow them on Twitter at Jimmy Johns, J-I-M-M-Y-J-O-H-N-S. Uh, listeners, if you're enjoying this as a podcast, remember that our show, Marketing Matters, we air live on Sirius XM Channel 132 every Wednesday from 5 to 7 p.m., and we replay Saturdays at midnight, Sundays 8 to 10 p.m., and Mondays 2 to 4 a.m. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu. Thank you.